If you've got a Bible, however you read your Bible, can you turn to Isaiah chapter 54? We're going to read that in a moment, but I want to say officially again this morning, Happy New Year to you all. We are in 2024. I don't know about you, but I, re- I remember like when I was a kid, like watching some futuristic like programs like on television and like 2024 like seemed like a space age year. And now we're in it. We're in 2024. And um, as you get older, you think to yourself, where have those years gone? That's an old boy saying that is, isn't it? But I'm, I'm kind of saying, where have those years gone? Here we are in a brand new year. So I trust that you had a good one. We had a lovely Christmas as a family, and we spent the new year away with my sister, who was over from America with her family. So that was just really lovely to spend some time with, with them. So uh, God bless you this year. May we just be full of Jesus as a church. May we pursue his kingdom like never before. And may we just like say, come Holy Spirit. We want to see God's kingdom come, don't we? You know, we want to, you know, I just look at, I look at this church this morning and I look how far back we go and, uh, and just like how full we are and, and just want to see more of that. And so I'm going to, over the next few weeks, over the next five weeks, Sam and I are going to be sharing some uh, things around what we believe God is saying to us with regards to our vision. We're going to be releasing and sharing some brand new objectives. I'm going to share all of them this morning and then we're going to unpack them over the next few weeks, prophetically what we believe God has saying. Do you know, I, I'm, I'm 57. I know. I know. And I have no idea what's going through your mind right now. I trust it's beautiful and pleasant. Um, but um, I, uh, I just, I kind of look at my, my age and I don't consider myself old, but I'm not young anymore. That's the fact. And um, Paul just said true. <laughs> Cheers, Paul. Um, and and I, just, I just look and I said, do you know what? Personally speaking, I don't want to miss what God is doing. I really don't want to miss what God is saying. And I don't want to miss where God is leading us. And I think if I'm really honest, I feel more energized in this last year and moving into this year about pursuing God's kingdom than I've ever, ever felt before. Maybe some of that is that I'm 57 and you know what? I've only got maybe so many years of high energy left in me, but I don't want to miss it. And I want to be in a church surrounded by people who will be shoulder to shoulder with me saying, come on, Graham, let's go for this. Let's believe God for everything that God has got for us. Let's not have small dreams, but big dreams. Let's believe that God is the God of heaven, not the God of, you know, not, he's not a small God. He's a great big God. Let's believe together that his kingdom is going to be established in our community like never before. And already there, some of those things are beginning to happen. And we're going to be doing some more of those things this year as we just pursue God together. And so um, I feel super excited. So this morning, it's not a deep exposition of a Bible passage this morning. This is about energy and Graham being fired up and wanting to just like pour his heart out to you. And then over the next few weeks, we're just going to be unpacking some of that. And at the end of it, I want us all to say, come on, for the sake of the kingdom of God and the glory, 
glory of the name of Jesus, let's be absolutely committed and passionate to what God's purpose is all about. And so, I, I, you know, when you, when you go through Christmas, you know, whatever, however you try your best, you consume more at Christmas, don't you? You know, probably even the most healthy of us have more desserts over the last fortnight than we do the rest of the year. <clears throat> we possibly have a little bit more alcohol than we do for the rest of the year. You know, it's a, it's a, time, of the, it's a time of the year where we consume a bit more. We probably have a, a greater intensity of exchange and receiving of gifts than we do any other time time of the year and it can become so easy to consume a little bit more and and when I was just sitting over Christmas um, and and just having a bit of a quiet sort of downtime over our own Christmas time I was very challenged by the question what consumes me what consumes me what is it that absolutely draws me in what is it that pulls me in what is it that stirs within me that I want to give my energy and my time and my life to what is it that consumes the very person who I am and so I want us to read we're going to read a whole chapter this morning we don't often do that but there is a there is a verse that says don't give up the public reading of the Word of God. And so if you've got Isaiah 54, it's going to come up on the screen. So if you don't have it in front of you, it's going to be in front of you on a screen. But I want us to read Isaiah chapter 54. And then I'm going to just share a few thoughts with us this morning. So let's read this chapter together. And I'm going to read it from the New International Version um, from the Bible. Okay, here we go. Isaiah 54 says these words. Sing... Barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. The Lord will call you back as if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit. A wife who married young only to be rejected, says the Lord. For a brief moment I abandoned you. But with deep compassion, I will bring you back. In a surge of anger, I hid my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting kindness, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. To me, this is like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah would, nev- the waters of Noah would never again cover the earth. So now I have sworn Not to be angry with you, never to rebuke you again. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, 
Yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Afflicted city, lashed by storms and not comforted, I will rebuild you with stones of turquoise, your foundations with lapis lazuli. I will make your battlements of rubies, your gates of sparkling jewels, and all your walls of precious stones. All your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace. Who's receiving that promise this morning? Come on. In righteousness you will be established. Tyranny will be far from you. You will have nothing to fear. Terror will be far removed. It will not come near you. If anyone does attack you, it will not be my doing. Whoever attacks you will surrender to you. See, it is I who created the blacksmith, who fans the coals into flame and forges a weapon fit for its purpose. And it is I who have created the destroyer to wreak havoc. Havoc. No weapon forged against you will prevail. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. What a great chapter Isaiah 54 is. Today, we're just going to, like I said a little while ago, we're going to share over the next five weeks, including today. We're going to be presenting some things that we believe God has been speaking to us about. And so I want to just share with you a little bit of a timeline. I want to just bring um, just a little bit of where uh, some of this has come to me personally and over this last 18 months, we've begun to talk about that as a leadership team. Uh, last August, August 22, not August 23, uh, I took myself away for three days, uh, three days of prayer. Um, and the sole purpose of my time away last August, August 22, was to hear God. I, I went to a quiet place um, where there was no one around, no distraction, and I decided that I would just sit in a room for three days and pray. I had my Bible and a notepad, and I wrote some things down that I felt God speak to me. I didn't go into that three days with an agenda particularly. I didn't go in with a passage of Scripture already in my thinking. I just said, God, what is it that you want to speak to me about? Some of that was to me personally. I was, if you, if you know where we were in that time, my, my, my father had been dead for six months by that stage. Um, and, you know, we, we'd got a lot going on as a family. So I needed a bit of time just to hear God. But I also said, God, what do you want to say for, to us as a church as well? And as I prayed, and this might be a bit confusing now because we've just read Isaiah 54. But as I prayed, I really felt God speak to me from Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. And when we came into 2023, you may or may not remember, but for one or two weeks, I spoke on Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55 uh, is very much a chapter about coming to God, seeking his face. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit about that next week. But if you read Isaiah chapter 55 about four times in the first few verses, it talks about how we need to come to God, to listen to him, to give ear to him. It's got those amazing verses about my ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts higher than your thoughts. It's an incredible chapter in its own, own accord. And I really felt God begin to speak to me from Isaiah 
55. I think, if I'm really honest, there was a lot going on in the church at the time. We, we've sort of, we were just at the sort of tail end of getting rid of COVID, you know, the pandemic. There was a lot of sort of change happening in staff and, and some stif- different stuff in leadership and all of that kind of stuff. And I think, if I'm really honest, I don't think I communicated it very well at the beginning of the year, just being honest. And I think we missed it. I think we missed it. But for the whole of last year, this chapter, Isaiah 55, just didn't leave me. I really felt, I wrote loads of stuff down about it and, and in my notebook and just little things throughout the year as I felt God speak to me from this, from this chapter. But in addition to this, Isaiah 54 began to surface. There was a number of prophetic words that I heard around Isaiah 54. One of them was at wildfires last, last May. I was in a session and somebody spoke and shared some thoughts around Isaiah 54. Sam and I had, had Alan Lewell come and see us uh, around about, I think it was around about September time. And he came up to the office and said, I've just got some thoughts I just want to share with you. And he opened up Isaiah 54. I've been in some pioneer leaders meetings over the last six to nine months. We, we, we had three days away as a, as a national pioneer team last October, and Isaiah 54 came up again. And then towards the end of summer last year, 2023, Sam and I decided to have a couple of days away in prayer. Again, just to say, God, what are you saying? Now, it's true that this time we did, we did take those chapters into the two days, but we just felt we wanted to take two days away just to pray and dialogue and just get before God. And so we came out of those two days with really feeling strongly that God was speaking to us from those two chapters, Isaiah 54 and Isaiah 55. We then brought those chapters to the leadership team. And over the last few months, we've spent some time uh, talking around those chapters We've asked every member of the leadership team to prayerfully consider what they feel God might be saying out of those two chapters, and everybody has written down some thoughts and some comments. And then over the last couple of months or so, we've just been sort of putting some things down and some objectives down and some things down that we really feel we want to um, go with as a church, and I'm going to be mentioning them this morning. So what what I'd like us to do... As a church, I'd love it if over the next year or so, we, in our personal daily readings and in our personal times, if you would be prepared to go back quite regularly to Isaiah 54 and 55 and read them. What does God want to say to you personally, maybe, from those chapters? And do you... uh, And if you feel God gives you some words for the church from those words, then we want to hear them. We absolutely do. I don't believe for one moment that the leadership team of Hope Church have got the full revelation of Jesus on these two chapters. But there might be some people here today who think, you know, I was reading this and I really feel God is saying. We want to hear what you believe God is saying. And so there's been a number of there's been a number of points in the last 18 months where I felt and we felt that God has clearly said some things to us. Like I said, wildfires, I felt for me personally. Uh, in fact, Michelle and I felt for us as a couple was quite a, quite a significant two or three days. We really felt God speak to us while we were away. 
Um, there was some really good prophetic stuff came out of wildfires, I think, for, for us uh, as, a, as a couple, but also as a church. And it was a really good time just to hear God in a brilliant environment. Um, I've, I think there's been some great stuff come through to us. I think John Scott said some brilliant stuff over us when he came to us in September um, uh, and just prophetically spoke over the church. And there were some great, great things out there. And I just really, and I'm going to share a little bit about this in a moment, but there's been some significant things come out of the young generations in our nation. We want to see a young generation raised up for Jesus, don't we? And, and that's clearly come out, I think, one of the reasons why wildfires changed their dates this year is because they want to give, you know, they want to get away from exam time so the young generations can be part of that. That's been a big conversation in, in the Pioneer Leadership uh, com, uh, discussion. In fact, this year at the Pioneer Leaders Conference, the guy that oversees Pioneer Youth is going to be one of our main speakers this year. We really want to see a, a younger generation uh, raised up uh, in our nation. And so, um, so there's some really exciting things there. I, I've touched base with a couple of guys uh, this last few months um, I, I noticed on Facebook, uh, one of my Facebook friends was connecting with a, another guy who was posting stuff on Facebook, a guy called Richard Rycroft. He leads Hillfields Baptist Church in Bristol. So I, I just, with interest and intrigue, I just started to read some of the things that he was uh, putting, putting down on Facebook. And I was just so blessed by what he was putting down. He wasn't doing it in any big-headed way, but... Um, in Hillfields Baptist Church in Bristol in the last year, 2023, they've seen over 200 people make first-time decisions in their church and have baptized over 100 new believers in their church. So I messaged him. And I said, just been inspired by some of your posts. Could we have a Zoom meeting? So I've got a Zoom meeting with him, not this week, but the week after. No, I just want to touch, I want to touch base with people like that. What, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, what, what, what do you feel God is saying? You know, why are you seeing so many people saved? And then we were in Leicester over the new year and we were in this restaurant with my sister and brother-in-law. And my brother-in-law said, I know that guy over there. And uh, so he, he looked him up. On, on Facebook, just to make sure he got the right face. Um, and he said, yeah, this is the same guy. And um, it was a guy called Richard Gamble, who my brother-in-law, 30 years ago, or 30 plus years ago, went to Bible college with. And they haven't seen each other for all of that time. So my brother-in-law went up to him. And then I thought, I recognize that name as well. And, and Richard Gamble is the, the head of the eternal wall of answered prayer. And he's the guy that's pioneered and fronted that. And this year, they've raised enough money to build this wall in the heart of England. And they want to fill this wall with tens of thousands of bricks that have got within them answered prayer. Isn't that exciting? And, and they're just in the process of raising money uh, to build a visitor center as well. So that's, uh, that's really exciting. But when, when we were talking with him... He was saying that in his church in Leicester last year, in one calendar year, they saw 374 people make a first-time decision for Jesus in their church. Incredible, wasn't it? Like, do the maths every month. And so when I, when I just read that actually this isn't Asia, it's not Africa, it's Bristol, it's Leicester. It's this place, 
And, and I just sense that there is clearly God is breathing and wanting to do something in the UK that we've never seen before. Shall I tell you the kind of church it's going to require to not miss it? A church that's full of faith, full of expectation, and full of belief that God can. I want to say to us this morning, and here's a challenge. There is no place in the church for cynicism and mockery. If your heart is full of cynicism towards what God could do this morning, you need to change your heart. Because God is requiring his bride, his body, to rise up in faith and to believe that God is able to do more than we can ask or even imagine. This church needs to step up in faith and belief and the pursuit of God's kingdom like we've never pursued it before. We really do. And you're looking at someone that really wants to do that. And we need a church that says we really want to do that. Now, we're beginning to see some of that. You know, in a few weeks' time, we will have purchased a three-bedroomed house in Dis for Hope Into Action. That's exciting, isn't it? We've raised well over £200,000 of investment. That is worth a clap. That is, that's exciting. That is really exciting. We set our budgets last January for around about £120,000 to come in to the church through tithes and offerings. We have gone way beyond that just from our Sunday, weekly, monthly giving. Thank you so much for those of you that faithfully sow your finances into the work and the, and the vision of this church. We really, really appreciate that. On top of just going way beyond our income last year, we had additional gifts of, of almost £45,000 last year just given to us completely unexpectedly. What a blessing that is to us. Why is that? Because I think God's got some things for us to do. Why couldn't we see even more than that this year? If God could do that in 2023, why couldn't he do more of that in 2024? Why not? Why couldn't we see more people saved and more people baptized and a greater influence for God's kingdom than we've ever seen before? Why, why not? If you've got an answer, if you, if you think no this morning, please come and see me and give me your no reasons, will you? Because I'm going to give you my yes reason. Because I believe that we, we, we want to completely outgrow this building. We want to expand and see God's kingdom come all across you know, our communities. Not for the glory of Hope Church. You know, I'm not that fussed about the title of Hope Church. It's just a church that God's called me to, and I'm passionate about it. But I'm more passionate about the kingdom of God. And the reason I am is because the Jesus only had one message, and that was the message of the kingdom. So I feel like super, super excited. As I share some of these things in a moment um, and some objectives that I really believe God's put on our hearts, I don't believe this is just a 2024 thing. I believe this is much more than that. I believe it's the season that God is leading us into. And that, that could be two, three, four, five years, you know, but we just want to keep hearing God and we just want to keep doing what God says because we want to see more of God's kingdom come into our community. So I, I want to really encourage all of us this morning, give yourself to the kingdom. You know, if you're a now and again church attender, get up and become a, more of an attender. You know, if you, if you toodle in here once every three or four weeks, well, come a bit more often. If you're on the edge of church life, 
and you're not really committed into, into the body of Christ and you don't really know where your place is in the church, find your place. And if we can help you find your place, we will. Where, where can you serve? If you never get any money out of your pockets and give into the kingdom, why don't you start? Sow your finances into the kingdom. It's so exciting when that happens. You cannot outgive God. It's impossible. Because God has got much more in his bank account than you've got in yours. God's got far more resources in heaven than you've got to give. And when we learn to tap into God's resources and align ourselves with God's resources, something of heaven fuses between our spirits and the, hev- and the spirit of heaven. And something of he- the kingdom of heaven starts to come down to the earth. You know, one of the things that you read in the Bible is that where God finds men and women of faith, that's where things happen. And it doesn't have to be the clever or the educated or the wealthy or the natural influencers. God will pick on people and choose people who are simple in the eyes of the world. But if they've got hearts for the kingdom and hearts of faith to really believe God for things, God is able to pick those kinds of people up and use them. So you might not have a degree. You might not be somebody that you would consider to be a great influencer. You get a heart for God and you say, God, you can have my life. You can have my home. You can have my bank balance. You can have everything that I am. I want to give it all to you because I believe believe this world needs a church that is so in love with Jesus and so passionate about his kingdom and are not apathetic and are not complacent but really really want to go for it listen our country's in a mess that's not prophetic just turn on sky news our political system wherever you land politically is completely broken And we need Christians across our nation that will get on our knees and seek the heart of God and seek the face of God and believe for a move and a great awakening in his church and in our nation. And so I just want to give a little bit of context to the chapter that I've just read. Because for me, just to pluck out Isaiah 54 and 55 is one thing. And I'm going to be really quick. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be six or seven minutes, okay? Isaiah... Chapter 40 is the start of new language in Isaiah. The first 40 chapters of Isaiah are all about judgment and God's wrath on his people. And then when you come to Isaiah chapter 40, the language changes. The first verse of Isaiah 40 says this, Comfort, comfort my people. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her her sins have been paid for and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And so from chapter 40 right through to the end of the book of Isaiah, you begin to see that the exiles that were in captivity in Babylon have come out of exile and God is breathing again the re-establishing of his kingdom back into the nation. And that's why when you read those last 20 plus chapters of Isaiah, you begin to read some amazing prophetic promises. Like Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Jesus repeated those words in Luke 4 as almost the kickstart of his earthly ministry. There are some incredible promises. And so, of course, Isaiah 54 and 55 fall into that category. Isaiah 54, verse 2 to 3, says these words, and we won't put them up. Um, But it says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Do not hold back. Stretch out your curtains. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. What an incredible prophetic word that Isaiah brought to the nation 
when they came out of captivity. Now is not the time to think small, he said. Now is not the time to shrink back. Now is not the time to have a little tent, but to enlarge the place of your tent. Now is not the time to have little tent pegs in the ground, but to drive in some stakes. Now is the time to increase. Now is the time to stretch your curtains wide. Now is the time to actually believe that I can re-establish my kingdom back into the nation. And I believe that we are in a place right now where the church needs to stand up and say, God, we believe that you can re-establish your kingdom back into this nation like you've never done before. How excited you look about that? Good. We really, really want to see it in our nation. Whether we're a Catholic, an Anglican, a Baptist, a Brethren, a Salvation Army, a Methodist, it doesn't really matter what denominational tag we have where God finds men and women that pursue his spirit and pursue his kingdom. Don't be surprised if God turns up in some of the more traditional churches of our country and starts demonstrating some amazing stuff because... There's a heart for God in those people. So we're going to just go through five slides. I'm going to mention them. Don't worry about it because we're going to be unpacking them over the next few weeks. Can we just go through the slides, please, Matt? Here are five objectives that we really believe God has spoken to us about. And these are the things that we really believe we're going to organize the whole of our church around. Number one, we develop a house of prayer consecration and encounter that hosts the presence of God and the supernatural. We want to really pursue this. So that's the first one. We want to develop a house of prayer, a house of the supernatural. Here's the second one. We become confident in praying with the lost, sharing the gospel, inviting friends, many coming to faith and seeing his kingdom established in our community. We really want to do more of that. Don't, don't worry, we're going, to, we're going to spend four or five weeks on this now, okay? Number three, we discover our purpose in God. We see the development of people's gifting. We see a church that grows in maturity and we find a place to serve. That's our third objective. Fourth objective, number four, we are committed to raise a young generation who are passionate, spirit-filled, Influences for God's kingdom and love for Jesus. That's our fourth one. And number five, we create a building that serves our vision, is a light to our community, and has a culture of excellence. Our building's pretty ropey right now. So what's God saying? Move, sell it, buy a bigger bit of land, and go for something way bigger? Why not? Or do we redevelop this site? But they are going to be our five objectives, okay? We're going we're gonna to really pray into them. With God's help, we will put a strategic plan around all five of those. We've already got some things in place, but we really want to pursue these things. And we want to see God's kingdom come. We want to raise up a generation of children and young people. We want to invest our money and our time into that generation. We want to have a look at our building and see what we can do, either in this building or in another building. You know, if we saw 100 people make first-time decisions for Jesus this year, this morning's meeting would either have to go to two services or we'd need a bigger space. That's the fact. Have a look behind you. We don't have the room. We want to create a house of prayer. That's why we've got a prayer room that's not double-used anymore, but it's 
totally for the use of prayer. We want to encourage rhythms of prayer week in, week out in our prayer room. That's why we have prayer. We're going to do more of that. That's why we're having encounter evenings. Whatever you think of them, we want to see the supernatural power of God demonstrate. We want to give space and time for those things. We don't see enough healings. We want to see more. We want to see some miracles, don't we? And, and it's going to take, God, we need that. So we want to host the presence of God, a, a house of consecration and repentance. We want people to grow in maturity and to find their place. You might have been a Christian for years, but just don't know where your place is right now. We want to help you find it. And I, and I know words are easy from the front, but we really, really believe God's laid these things on our hearts. I think our, not I think, our overall phrase, and uh, if you can just put that one up, Matt, please. A phrase that says, intimacy and increase. Isaiah 54 is all about increase. Enlarge the place of your tent. Even Isaiah 55, my ways are not your ways, but as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. But it's all shrouded in intimacy. If we want to increase and be influencers for the kingdom, we need to have a church that is so intimately in touch with God. A church of prayer church of intercession a church that comes close into his presence we really need that so yeah that's 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 what i want to just share with you this morning come on unless i'm going to unpack isaiah 55 a little bit next week and then sam's going to do the week after and then he's going to do another week and i'm going to do another week but uh we really feel excited about this i had a lot to say this morning and i want to get it out as, as energetically as i possibly could let's go for that we're gonna we're gonna sh- Start the year off by having a time of communion. Sam's going to come and lead that now. Uh, And then we're going to finish with a rousing song to finish with that Lucy's already got up her sleeve. Bless you. Thank you very much. Amen.